welcome to We Heard Wonders, the music podcast that called you last night from Glasgow. We love you, Greta! <laughs> it's all about COP26 this week. <laughs> Biden's arrived. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio has not. Um, I don't know if he was supposed to come or not. We sent a message. I don't know if you heard that oh, today. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, who are you? I'm Andrew. I review music on Instagram at kidagh86. Uh, my name's Ian. I'm the guitarist for Glasgow band The Deadline Shakes, and you can find us on all social medias at Deadline Shakes. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a momentous occasion for Glasgow in a lot of ways, but it's really just hassle on it. <laughs> it's just, it's just like so inconvenient, and just can't get a bus on time, can't get a train on time. Yeah, it's just when 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 we hit when we hit pause on record there, and you described talking about cop as a bant's dead end. I think that was pretty much the best possible <laughs> thing you could have said. But I was looking up some um, like climate songs, like a list of top songs about the climate. Okay, um, hit you know, me. Here we go. Track one, Joni Mitchell by Gale Attacks. It's the big concrete anthem, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, track two, Marvin Gaye, Mercy, Mercy Me. Yeah, stunning orchestral track. Makes you want to not throw plastic away. <laughs> <laughs> track three, Neil Young after the gold rush. Um, yeah, very kind of meditative thoughtful track yeah this one is a bit of a stretch I think but anyway track 4 Pixies Monkey Going to Heaven in what way is that an environmental track I've never (laughs) I've never thought of that it It says monkey in it that's from the environment but it says it says here a compelling and very Pixies take on environmentalism in which the ozone layer and ocean pollution somehow get bound up with Hebrew numerology Okay, right. I've never, I've never taken that from it at all. <laughs> okay, and track five in this top five climate songs, uh, Funkadelic Maggot Brain. Oh man, that's an insane, freaky track. Amazing instrumental with this really doom-laden monologue at the start. Yeah, love it. I've never heard that in my life, so that's one I'll have to go and uh, go and do a bit of research upon. Yeah, that whole album's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, we've got five steaming hot new music tracks this week. We do five. Exciting new tracks from Hooray for the Riff Raff, Bodega, Jake Zershi's Fussel, Curtis Harding and Chelsea Carmichael. And you couldn't say that these are all of a piece. These are all really diverse musically. They're all they're all kind of over the map. So hopefully we'll find it's what some we do. Bit. Yeah, it's what we do here at We Heard Wonders. And one of the things we do at We Heard Wonders is ask people to buy us coffee on We Buy It <laughs> buymeacoffee.com slash We Heard Wonders. So if you could find it within your uh, your wallet or your heart to um, support your favourite music podcast we'd really appreciate that yep absolutely and and just keep delving into the back catalogue as well we've got nine strong episodes I'd yeah. say that you can delve back into and if you enjoy them then yeah by all means buy us a coffee that'd be brilliant yeah I think my favourite episode that we've done so far I mean I, I like all the new music episodes they're my favourite to do I think I think so yeah but my favourite one to listen back to is actually our first episode on Mercury Rev um, because it really made me fall back in love with the record again mm-hmm. um, and also we're just like two naive you know young lads with a podcasting <laughs> dream um, what about you what's your favourite so far do you think um, that that will have a special place but um, yeah I do enjoy the new music ones it's been brilliant to get some reactions from people about yeah. tracks so the Lady Blackbird episode people love her and she is just going from strength to strength yeah uh, and the one last week as well some amazing uh, feedback from the pigeon track the pigeon track last week is just unreal 
so good, so good. Um, yeah, so these these tracks today are very exciting, and I believe you've got a, a, something from the Lucky Dip vinyl selection to, to finish us off. I do, yeah, I'm going to link something in. Yeah, let's keep that quiet for just now. So, guys, without further ado, let's listen to Rhododendron by Hooray for the Riffraff. Andrew just reminded me that I didn't say, here we go, so, here we go. That was our opening track for today. Hurry for the Riff Raff's return. 
and Rhododendron. So, Hooray for the Riff Raff are basically one person, really. It's Alinda Segarra, and um, her first kind of couple of albums were quite worthy takes on um, kind of American styles of music, particularly bluegrass music and country and folk. And then her last album, which was an absolute stormer, um, called The Navigator. Um, I actually posted The Navigator again recently on my Instagram account, kidagh86. A fine follow. Thank you very much. Everyone should do it. I um, Yeah, so in March I, I said, surely there must be another Hooray for the Riff Raff album around the corner at some stage, and here it is. Here it is. This is the new one. What's the record going to be called? It's called Peace Earth, is it? Oh, sorry, no, it's not. It's, 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 <laughs> right. it's called Life on Earth. Life on Earth. How appropriate for the COP26 uh, uh, thing. So I'll stop, um, we'll stop talking about that now. That's, that's, <laughs> that's done. Sorry. It's all right. Yeah, so the Navigator was actually... As after after these kind of uh, quite worthy takes, as, as I say, this was Navigate was her kind of rock and roll album, and it was a kind of love letter to New York mm-hmm. that that a lot of these artists tend to love, and it was a really really brilliant album that kind of took in, um, yeah, just a lot of that kind of classic New York stuff, a lot of Patti Smith, which I think again you can kind of tell in this track as well that, uh, that we just listened to, yeah. Um, and things like uh, Mink, Mink Deville's Spanish Stroll and a lot of the kind of lurid stuff as well. Uh, really, really nice album. And it was kind of her talking about her kind of Puerto Rican, her kind of life as a kind of Puerto Rican American mm-hmm. as well. Um, coming back to America after having been on the road for like so many years and trying to kind of reclaim her place within the city. Um, and the kind of the idea about this new album is she's described this new album as a, a nature punk album. Yes. So it's her after like being in the city, she's now decided that she needs to get away from it all and uh, rediscover some kind of things in nature. So I guess it's it's that kind of idea that probably a lot of us have felt over the last kind of couple of years that we need to escape and get away and get out. find some kind of solace. Yeah. And she's found it in nature. And um, this track here, Rhododendron. So it's actually in capital letters, Rhododendron. So it's almost <laughs> a, she's, she's described as a kind of psychedelic experience that she's kind of reconnected with nature and she's found this kind of wonder in nature. Yeah. It's like Rhododendron. <laughs> wow, it's been here the whole time, and but now it's blown my mind, kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's a great so, track. So it's, it's a really good track and yeah. a really exciting return, I think. That description of uh, nature punk is apt spot I would say on, yeah. spot on I mean the guitars the acoustic guitars are kind of played mm-hmm. like the strokes or something like it's all down down strumming all the way through so it's got that kind of punky mm-hmm. uh, rhythm to it yeah but it's all on uh, you know sort of acoustic, acoustic guitars guitar, so it's kind yeah. of like it's a nature punk um, yeah when but, I when I heard this track for the first time uh, the other day there um vocally she reminded me so much of St Vincent um, you know, yeah. same accent apart from anything else. Yeah, um, and, uh, and and I just, I mean, I, I love Saint Vincent, so uh, so that was a, that was a win for me straight away. Um, and I really liked this track. It was really mm. interesting. I, I um, thought it had a kind of um, the word that jumped out at me was autumn. It made me think of autumn, and I'm not really sure why. Particularly, it was just something about the feel mm-hmm. of the guitars and the bass, and then obviously it's called rhododendron as well and all that stuff. So it just sort of like made me feel like it was a seasonal type of track as well. Um, and this is becoming quickly becoming my absolute catchphrase on this podcast. But I had never heard of Ray <laughs> for the Riffraff before. Um, so this was uh, this was an interesting one for me. So I've done a little bit of um, listening as well. I've listened to that that uh, record you were referring to a minute ago there as well. And uh, navigator, yeah, yeah. I think this is great. Um, so this is someone who is. I mean, how how 
how popular are they? I mean, is this a, a sort of a fairly niche thing, or are they middle sized? Um, probably middle sized. It's kind of it's it's growing, and the last album did get really good reviews, yeah. and it was a little bit more. Um, it's Paul Butler from the Bees that produced it, and he he he, he gave a, a nice. It, it was just I had a real kind of classic rock and roll sound to it mm-hmm. that a lot of people kind of picked up on and, and got on board with. So yeah, so the. An act on the rise, I would say. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, more power, uh, more flower power to her then, I guess. Um, So our next track today that we're going to be reviewing is, again, like I said a minute ago, completely different. So this is um, Doers by Bodega. Here we go. Give me bitter, harder, fatter. 
stressed out. Okay, so that track is called uh, Doors um, by Bodega. Uh, a track I would describe as a kind of um, Beastie Boys-esque um, rock rap um, that seems to be kind of railing against um, what they find to be the sort of negative aspects of 2021. That's what was kind of taken from that, Andrew. What do you think? Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's kind of their their shtick is that it's a kind of wry, slightly jaded um, kind of address of the nation about the kind of modern world and, yeah. and how we're kind of all overstimulated by everything as well. So the, like the, the debut album is called Endless Scroll. So it's a bit, you know, that kind of idea of like social media and then they had an EP as well called Shiny New Model. Yep. So they, they have so many references to kind of modern culture, modern technology, modern social media, that modern, the modern life, uh, the workplace as well. Yep. Uh, which, which they're kind of getting into here. It's quite a brainy track, I would say. Um, it, you know, there's lots of references to um, things we're familiar with on a day-to-day basis, products and social media and so on. And there's a line in there from Hamlet as well, to thine own shelf be true, I guess talking about consumer society and all that. So it's dead brainy, right? Yeah. Um, but the, I Really also, sharp. Really sharp. But at the same time as well, I felt, uh, maybe on my second or third listen, there was a kind of like naivety to it as well almost I mean they are part of the sort of cycle of stuff content they're, they're, they're part of it as well yeah they're contributing to they're it contributing to it as well so there's a kind of like an irony to it um, as well which may well be intentional on their part I don't know I think it definitely is yeah, yeah. I think they, they know that they're in on it um, so they, they, they're from New York and they come out of the, the similar school to Parquet Courts mm-hmm. so uh, Austin Brown from Parquet Courts uh, produced their first album um, so they are kind of kindred spirits in a lot of ways um, and this is their return after a wee while away I think to a couple of the guys they've really come into their own uh, making more content as like filmmakers okay. but when Covid hit they couldn't do that anymore so they, that's when they kind of reconvened as a band and that's, band, that's yeah. what this new album's coming out of but yeah a lot of this kind of social commentary stuff I, I, it can be really quite cringeworthy it's a bit preachy and in a way. In preachy, it, it yeah. can be, but they've always got a like. I think of somebody like Idols. I just, I, I just find them a little bit embarrassing as a band. Yeah. Uh, but they, but Bodega, they've always got a really amazing groove that, that goes along with yeah, it. And that's and true. It, even you can kind of switch off from the lyrics and just enjoy the groove. After enjoy the track. It's a great baseline. I think the um the 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 obvious sort of touch point when you're talking about kind of um music that people are kind of where they're annoyed about something and they're telling us why they're annoyed mm. is obviously Rage Against the Machine yeah. um, and there's something of the Rage Against the Machine about this I can see that but I guess Rage Against the Machine have no kind of like there's no sort of irony or wry it's fairly straightforward yeah. we're angry uh, kind of stuff um, We can, I'm sure we can all think of Rage Against the Machine lyrics that would uh, would you know inform that opinion but this has, this has a bit more kind of about it I think yeah. I will say that Musically, this is not something I particularly enjoyed. I find the sort of I know that, that in this kind of uh, genre that that shouting is sort of what you do. Like this is a sort of Beastie Boys style eighties kind of rap rock shout over the top. Um, I don't find that particularly pleasant to listen to. I have to say, yeah. I really like the bassline. The groove was good, like you said, good drums. Um, the guitar sounds as well for me is a bit kind of nineties kind of. 
um, you know, too it's too reverby or something. It's too it's, it's in the wrong place in the mix for me as well. So for this for this track, um, this one is this is one that really engaged my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, not one that I'll necessarily love and and you know come back to multiple times, but a really really interesting track. Definitely worth a listen if anyone's uh, uh, thinking about it this week. Definitely, yeah, and they're actually really really good live as well. I saw them live on the first tour, and um, they've just got so many different elements to them. Uh, they've got there's like a, a singer that's, that's like drumming away and she's just shouting in a kind of bratty way and there's, there's a guitarist that plays in a kind of Bilko Johnson style he's got these massive hands and he's just like they're just <laughs> roaming over the fretboard and they're, they're really kind of, it's just a kind of ball of energy live yeah. so so I'd, I would recommend going to check them out they are an interesting band they're a very 21st century band but there's references to things like the B-52s and mm-hmm. Devo and Talking Heads and things like that it's cool well. that they have something to say and yeah. they actually sort of sort of serve a purpose in that respect mm-hmm. is i mean there's sort of so much music and i guess our podcast is hopefully some sort of antidote to that there's so much music is just so flimsy and throwaway and yeah. you know and uh, i would much prefer to listen to this than say you know ariana grande or justin bieber and not that there's no merit in those things at all there are, there is but they're not really saying much i don't no. think they're sort of saying can you give us money that's more or less what they're saying uh, and we'd never say that but you know <laughs> www.buymeacoffee.com um, but yeah an interesting track for sure yeah definitely looking forward to hearing the album yeah so what's that what's next then Andrew on our little playlist this week next one we've got how, how are we pronouncing his name again so it's uh, it's Love Farewell by Jake Xerxes Fussel yep or Fussel or Fussel I would say Fussel Fussel I didn't even consider that. So, <laughs> Jake Xerxes for sale. And the track's called Love Farewell. Come far land, let's be marching First for France, then for Holland Cannons roar, colors flying All my love, there's no denying Ring farewell to my love farewell we're all marching around very well My love, you know I love you. Nothing on this earth 
that I love like I love you Over and over, ten times over Drink up the liquor, boys, turn the glasses over Bring farewell to my love, farewell We're all marching around very well Come Lysander on for marching Everyone is true love searching Cannons roar, drums are beating Oh my love, there's no retreating Ring farewell to my love farewell we're all marching around very well. A ring farewell to my love farewell. We're all marching around very well. A ring farewell to my love farewell. We're all marching around very That was Jake's Xerxes for sale, as we're going with, and uh, Love Farewell. So Ian, let me paint you a picture here. So on Sunday morning, after being up with my son three or four times during the night, I'd had a few pints the night before as well. <laughs> now listen, hold on. <laughs> it sounded quite idyllic there. It was like, ah, yes, okay, yeah. up and early on a Sunday morning with a new baby, that, that sounds okay. And then you're like, I had a crushing hangover as well. Right, next. Indeed. Yep, yep. So I'm giving you all the colour. Uh, so I'm contemplative, I'm slightly bleary-eyed, sleep-deprived, and then I stick on this. Yeah. And I was simultaneously mellowed out and moved by this track. Okay. I really, really enjoy this track. You enjoy this one a lot, yeah. I do. That's good. What do you think? Or <laughs> <laughs> you want, or you want me to, to jump in and say something very contradictory? I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I found this one pretty charming. Good. I have to say, I'm using your your terminology <laughs> there, but I, th- I think this is a this is a lovely track, and I think um, you can tell from the first like three seconds of acoustic guitar everything you need to know about this track. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, it, and I mean that in a, a positive way. Like it sets out its stall as something warm and human and real. Um, it's got some interesting lyrics as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a wee minute. But um, yeah, I can. Uh, uh, you've painted the picture. I've seen yeah. it. I appreciate the picture. <laughs> yeah, I love that word human. I think like all of his stuff, um, he's on his fourth album. This is going to be his fourth album. Yeah. And he, he really is a kind of humanist artist, I would say. Yeah. Um, and he, he kind of delves into the past and finds these tracks. His whole thing in the past has been that he kind of goes into the past and takes tracks that are out of copyright. Mm-hmm. And puts a new arrangement to them, and maybe takes tracks that are that are kind of um, kind of anchored in some kind of pe- time period. But then he 
you kind of twist them a little bit just to make them a little bit more universal and a little bit more timeless. Yeah. Um, and finds the humanity in them. Um, and yeah, I think he's he's a really interesting artist. Yeah, I think that this track, now correct me if I'm wrong, this track, Love Farewell, uh, that would be in that bracket. So it's something that's from the past. Yeah. Is the lyrics are referring to war, as far as I can tell? Yeah, so in, in the past, he's, he's kind of focused on tracks that are to do with like, the American South, mainly. Um, but this new album... It looks like he's kind of branching out a little bit. So he's actually got some original stuff on this and mm-hmm. he's also got some tracks from elsewhere uh, as opposed to America. So this one, um, I don't I don't know, did you ever watch the, the, the series Sharp in the 90s? Yes. With Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. My dad would refer to him as Seen Bean. Sharpie. <laughs> Seen Bean. <laughs> <laughs> well, well this, this track's probably best known... Um, for the arrangement that was done by John Tamils, John Ta- John Tams, John Tams by John Tams. Um, so he composed. He was like a folk singer, an actor. So he composed a lot of the original music for Sharp, and he also starred in it as the rifleman Daniel Hagman. Um, this kind of singing rifleman. So he would often sing these kind of songs. And one of the songs that he sang was this. Yes. So I, I can't imagine Jake Fussell in in America like watching Sharp but maybe he did well I can but, m- maybe trace a line from like um, you know Lord of the Rings Sean Bean maybe, yeah, back the way maybe maybe, maybe. Um, so this is a song from like the Peninsula Wars so the, the troops would sing this to like their kind of loved ones you know, yep. fairly well and that kind of thing uh, when you know, when they were going off fighting Napoleon um, and there are rough references to the kind of cannons roaring and the colours flying and all that kind of stuff so, so yeah so the, it is kind of rooted in that period but when Fussell sings it it feels a bit more kind of universal just about saying goodbye and a kind of song of leaving and love yeah. really that's, and I find it really really moving that's incredible everything you've just said is incredible yeah. I know this is essentially radio so no one could see the look on my face <laughs> when you were saying that about Sharp and Sean Bean and stuff that's amazing yeah, yeah. That's, an, that's incredible and that guy, that guy um, say his name again the guy who, who was the original composer of this what was his name because yeah. I, I feel like I have to like, John um, Tams John Tams I'm now duty bound to go and find out who that is that's unbelievable <laughs> unbelievable um, yeah so this this track I think is sort of it's in um, you used the word timeless earlier on it's definitely in that sort of bracket of American um, you know acoustic guitar music where I mean that literally could have been recorded practically any time yeah. um, you know since since modern uh, recording yeah. technology came about so I mean and, and probably was played could have been played any time mm-hmm. in the last what 150 years yeah. 200 years um, so he he's on paradise of bachelors uh that's the name of the label and they are just the go-to people for this kind of modern folk americana stuff yep. and the the very the, all the musicians kind of um collaborate with each other and uh yeah cl- yeah just get involved in each other's tracks so james ellington who's another amazing artist he's produced this one Bonnie Prince Billy's guesting on it as well. Oh, really? The tracks, yeah. I do love Bonnie Prince Billy. Yeah, he's great. Um, so yeah, so the album's called Good and Green again, and it's out in January. Yeah. This is the first track, but yeah, he's he's a really really nice artist, and I definitely recommend it on a Sunday morning. Definitely with the old sore head. Yeah. But Alka Seltzer. The, 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 the kind of elements of his like drone as well going on in the background there's kind of muted horns and yeah. there's always a little bit of kind of reverb going on in the background I, I wondered if it was um, lap steel guitar definitely yeah yeah, yeah, there, yeah there's a lot of that going on yeah so it's a very it's a, I mean it's a very very simple arrangement there's lots of um, space 
in there. Um, I don't know if he's if he is the actual guitarist on this track or if it's someone else, but whoever it is is playing what I would describe as maybe a kind of like clumsy finger style. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not super accurate and perfect with every note, um, but that just adds to the, the the texture of the track and 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 the you know the emotive quality of it. So yeah, that's that's a great track, and I think. Um, you know, the only thing I would say for him, maybe for some career advice, is that the, the Xerxes thing is going to be hard for folk. You know, the old double <laughs> it's X. It's hard for me. <laughs> the old double, double X, it sounds like Zeds. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty tricky. But, um, but yeah, what a lovely track. It's the problem with the podcast, you actually have to pronounce people's names or you need to say them out loud. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm still happy gonna, writing them down. I'll still harken back to a few weeks ago with uh, Johnny Krautrock Presents, uh, <laughs> whatever they were called. Um, yeah, so, uh, but that's, that, that's wonderful. That's one that I could find myself. Um, you know, happily slipping into uh, at any time. It does fall into as well. There's a sort of modern, um, you know, branch of American songwriters. We talked about um, Bonnie Prince Billy a minute ago, but there's there's a more commercial end of that is Bright Eyes and Bonnie Vare, mm-hmm. but there's also um, Iron and Wine and yeah. someone else I was thinking of who's just gone out of my head. But yeah, there's a sort of branch of American singer songwriters. Um, and performers who 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 do that, and there's there seem to be a lot of them, but that one does stand out. That's that's very nice. Good. Congratulations on on that, <laughs> on that selection. Um, so where where are we at next? What's next? Next one is Curtis Harding with Hopeful. Oh, 
Let's just be hopeful when you can't see. Hopeful, just remain. Okay, so that was Hopeful um, by Curtis Harding, a track you couldn't help but describe as um, soulful, I think. Definitely, as yeah. As well as hopeful. I, I would lump him in with Michael Kiwanuka, who we talked about last week, yeah. whereas Michael Kiwanuka is maybe more of a kind of classicist and a real kind of craftsman. Um, Curtis Harding's maybe a little bit more kind of rough and ready, yeah. I would suggest, just a little bit, and he kind of comes out of more of a kind of indie tradition, I guess, so... Uh, his first album was on um, an indie label called Burger Records, and it it, it did have more of a kind of garagey feel to it. Um, there was an amazing song called "Keep On Shining" that originally got my attention. Yep. Um, and then he's he's been he's he's been kind of involved in kind of rapping in Atlanta. It says here he's in a garage band with the Black Lips as well. Okay. So I mean, and there's even kind of like a kind of rap. There's a kind of rap kind of um, diction to the way that he. He delivers this track certainly in the first half. I would say, yeah, it's definitely rap esque. Um, so yes, I I think it's he's going for a, a soul slash psychedelic soul type thing, but it is just a little bit more kind of rough and ready. I would say, but yeah. I, but it's it's effective and it's it's rousing. Yeah, definitely rousing. And it like I think the um, 
the drums. Maybe it's just the rhythm of them rather than the uh, actual um, drums themselves, the drum part itself. But they, they do have a kind of marching band quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it feels like something, um, particularly towards the end, it feels like something that a group of people could could sing along to. It's definitely got an anthemic yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. feel to it. The lyrics clearly touching on, you know, race issues, Black Lives Matter. Um, I read an interview with, with Curtis Harding where he said that he was inspired to write this track mm-hmm. after August 2020 and, and the sort of uh, protests and so on that went on um, after the murder, yeah. m- murder of George Floyd. So, um, so Yeah, so this track's actually been out a wee while. So it does have a kind of like a journalistic type quality to it yeah. where he's just been inspired and he, he wanted to get it out almost as quickly as he could. So this was out in May, I think it was, but the album's just coming out this week. Yeah. Um, which is why I thought it was it was okay to include it. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the whole album. There's been quite a few kind of taster tracks over the last uh, few months. Last few months, yeah. So he's quite quite a big artist already as well. I was looking on Spotify. Mm. He's got a track called Need Your Love, which I'm not familiar with. Have you heard that track, Andrew? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. He's got 27 million listens on Spotify. So he's, right, okay. he's uh, quite a popular it's artist. He's been on some playlist or yeah, soundtrack or soundtrack or something probably um, I could definitely hear this track um, being you know I could definitely hear this on a movie or on a mm-hmm. documentary or something um, and I could definitely hear it being you know punching into the mainstream some way um, and he's a really cool artist I've enjoyed and really enjoyed yeah. listening to this one and um, it, the the first half of this track especially the section with you know the opening section with the sort of rapping diction you were talking about earlier on feels really angry yeah, feels really frustrated, but I would say the track title "Hopeful" ends in a hopeful place. It does, yeah. It ends right. in a yep. softer, more mm-hmm. hopeful place than it begins, um, and I think that's part of its um, part of why it's so anthemic and and part of the you know the purpose of writing it. Perhaps was to yeah, remind everyone to, to way, be yeah. hopeful yep. about the future. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's a great track. Good, yeah. I'm, as I say, I'm really looking forward to hearing the whole thing and out yep. this week. It is. Is that a vinyl purchase under that one? Hmm. Um, it might be a try before you buy, but I, I, I imagine that I probably will pick that up. Probably pick that one up, yeah, okay. I thought you might. <laughs> um, okay, so that takes us neatly on to our fifth track. To Carmichael. Here we go. Thank you. 
So that was our final new track for today, Chelsea Carmichael and Myriad. Myriad. Mm-hmm. Myriad. I would say Myriad like ideas and concepts all kind of smashing all over each other in this track. It's a lot. I think that is definitely what I take from it as well. I don't know if that's that was the, the aim with what she was going for, yeah. but yeah. A myriad of styles, a myriad of different kind of um, voices from the past that mm-hmm. are kind of seeping into this. Yeah. But yeah. Um, one of, one of my aims on this podcast, Ian, is to try and get you into jazz a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I know you. I know you like when best we, of luck. When we did bad, bad, not good, you said well, I don't really listen to much modern jazz, and yeah. So I think that that is something that I would like to maybe try and you do. Can aim for it, right? Yeah. Well, I would say with bad, bad, not good, it was sufficiently not jazz for me to like it. Right. Um, this is this was. You're treading close to the jazz line here, okay. I would say. As soon as I heard a saxophone in you... Pushing oh my, my luck here. Yeah. No, no. I, well, to be serious for a second, there's a, there's a lot to enjoy here. I think um, I like the I like the drum pattern. It's like quite a rock and roll drum pattern. Mm-hmm. And then the, the guitar part is kind of like Afrobeat. I mean, we've been on a Zamrock uh, <laughs> trip the last couple of weeks, but it was kind of like African sort of guitar style mm-hmm. playing. I have no idea who the guitarist is or if that's what they're aiming for or not, but that's, that's what jumped out at me. Um... And obviously, uh, Chelsea Carmichael herself is clearly an incredibly talented um, saxophonist. And I, th- I thought that the first like two minutes of um, two and a half minutes of playing were really incredible. Mm-hmm. And I really loved how tuneful it was and how melodic. And I found myself after a couple of lessons, kind of humming along to sections and so on. So I really, really liked that. And about two and a half minutes in, it just went mental. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on anymore. Uh, um, so. A bit dubby. There's, 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 there's a lot of kind of dubby effects that, that, that came on in the second That's half in my minute. notes, yeah. yeah. It's sort of dub at the end for certain. The last sort of 20 seconds, certainly. Very, very dub. Um, even parts of it were kind of like Arctic Monkeys. And there was there was an effect on the saxophone in there. Um, it was like a, a really distorted reverb effect mm. where it sounded almost like it was Jimmy Page. It sounded like Led Zeppelin guitar. Something. Right, yeah. There's definitely like a kind of post-punk element to it as well. Uh, yeah. The guitarist is David Akumu. I need to pronounce that name again. <laughs> David Akumu, uh, who was in a band called The Invisible. I think he still is, actually. Yep. Um, and, yeah, they're quite a cool alternative band. But, yeah, so I think... Uh, one of the things that Chelsea Carmichael she's been a player in a lot of different uh, ensembles oh. over the last kind of couple of years on the jazz scene so I mean the, for anybody that doesn't know the British jazz scene is going through such a golden age it's such an incredible scene that's, okay. that's happening at the moment and she's, she's been involved in a lot of different projects including the Seed Ensemble uh, they were nominated for Mercury a couple of years ago um, and one of the main reasons that she hasn't recorded under her own name until now is because she doesn't want to be pigeonholed probably as a jazz artist. She she wants to incorporate all these different elements and different voices in there. Yep. Um and she's definitely succeeded here. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really interesting track and the album's really, really great as well. Yeah. In my opinion. Uh, this is coming out on Shabaka Hutchings label. So he is one of the kind of mainstays of the jazz scene. So he's in a band called Sons of Kemet. Um, Comet is coming, and Shabaka and the ancestors as well. So these, he's got like three, three different uh, kind of avenues for different types of jazz. So uh, the ancestors is more kind of spiritual jazz. Comet is coming, so this kind of electro, 
uh, Crit Rock type thing, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, Sons of Sons of Kemet's more of a kind of um, African, but they've always got these kind of chant worthy kind of riffs to it, which mm. which which this track has as well. This track well. does have that, yeah. Yeah. So he, he he's just kind of started a label called Native Rebel Recordings. So this is the first release on that label. So I think it's going to be a really kind of interesting label to watch. And he's also produced this album as well. Um, so yeah, I think this is a really exciting release and it's cool that she's now getting a project under her own name as well. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really cool track. Um, I think that... When if we're circling back to my love or not of jazz, <laughs> um, it's it's one where like to me one of the things that I really like about music fundamentally is when you know sounds in time, which is all that music really is, um, are organised in a way that kind of make sense to me, mm-hmm. um, and not that they always have to follow like set patterns and whatever, but I do like it when they do. Um, and the thing about jazz, for whatever reason, the genre of jazz is all really about kind of really mucking around with the edges of those patterns and, and seeing how far they can they can push it. But um, my thing with jazz is I always feel like, but jazz from the past has kind of done that. You know that all the all the sort of experimental jazz things that, that it's been done a lot of it. I think. I mean, I'm not an expert, but this to me sounds a little bit like um, once once it gets into the breakdown section at the end, it sounds like. You know, squonking saxophone from things I've heard before. Um, so it's not something that I love, but this is a cool track, and okay. I can see I can see the appeal of it. Um, and I imagine as well, uh, I'll paint you a picture now, Andrew. Um, you know, a, a sort of dark, smoky London jazz mm-hmm. club. You know, packed with people, lots of drinks, lots of people chatting and laughing, and then this happening on stage would be would be really a spectacle. I would have thought. Um, these players are very. Um, Clearly, very talented as well. Yeah, uh, all of them. Um, so but when you say it's all been done before, I mean we've we've talked you in, in your in your description. You mentioned Led Zeppelin, Arctic Monkeys, Dub, post punk. You know that that's not stuff that you were getting in the fifties and sixties. No, this is true. This is true. And, and there's, there's so many artists like that in the in the British uh, scene just now, and they kind of take it in slightly different directions. Whether it be more of a kind of dance direction mm-hmm. or a hip hop direction. Or just kind of straight down the line, spiritual jazz, yeah. or whatever. So, so I think, I think so, I mean, so many amazing things going on. Yeah, that 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 genre blending thing is is different, obviously. But I th- I think what I mean when I say that is like the taking the saxophone as a main instrument and then just twisting it out of shape and stuff. And rather than playing a kind of like a repetitive melody or something, it, the, the soloing is kind of like erratic and mm-hmm. and up and down. You know, all the keys and stuff. Um, and I feel like with something like Miles Davis or something like that, you've kind of got that um, that's my own feeling that's my own personal preference of course um, but yeah this is this is a cool track and it is quite rock and roll this as well like, all that is genre blending it's and stuff got, it's, it's got a energy to it a definite energy to it and I would not this is one I would quite like to see live I don't think you'll find me listening to this one uh, too often on my own despite the fact I did quite enjoy it but um, if I was to, was to go and see uh, Chelsea Carmichael and, and these guys live I would probably really like it in a little tiny little grubby venue, please, if that's at all possible. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> no one does that anymore. We all have to. We all have to get our uh, passports sorted before we go out and all that, don't we? <laughs> um, okay, so that um, that track takes us to the end of our new music section in this week's podcast. Andrew, have you got something from the archives for us? I do. Yeah, I was thinking about what I could link in, and I've chosen something that links in with Bodega. So Bodega and that the first album. They've got this chant, it's like, this is Bodega, this is documentary. 
and it's that kind of idea that they're kind of commenting on um, their surroundings and mo- the modern life as they understand it and you know being quite wry and kind of postmodern about it that does sound like them based on my knowledge of them yeah <laughs> absolutely so I was thinking about as I said um, the, those kind of bands from the past the B-52s Talking Heads but in particular Devo so they, they've actually got, they've actually got an album called Are We Not Men We Are Devo and you know Bodega capital letters Devo capital letters and it's that idea of a kind of product that, that they're almost trying to trying to sell you yeah and commenting on kind of a, a performative cynicism about the, the kind of the world as they understand it and just being a bit dislocated from it but also trying to comment on it and that kind of thing so yeah I think they are a, a touchstone for what Bodega are trying to do yeah and I, I really really enjoy this album from 1978 um, and it was produced by Brian Eno yes um, and it's got a lot of kind of Eno's swishy synth sounds but also it's got a real kind of jerky um uh, they, they described it as outer space caveman music which I like it's, yep. it's a kind of mixture of the fu- futuristic and the really kind of primitive um, which again I think links in with what Bodega is trying to do as well so yeah so that, this is my um, recommendation for this week and the track that I've chosen to listen to is Uncontrollable Urge Uncontrollable Urge track. Devo are an absolutely classic band aren't they? they are they're, they're an odd band but really Quite exciting as well. The one that when you, I think when you start to think about music, if we, if you become a music lover, um, and you start scratching away at, well, who did who did my yeah. idols like? Um, lots of them are influenced, like guys like Devo and Can and so on, like artists that are not maybe super super mainstream, um, but have done lots of really interesting things. Mm-hmm. I think Devo are definitely in that uh, in that group. Yeah, and they've got that kind of RTA aesthetic to them which is always yeah. really appealing if you're kind of delving a bit deeper my introduction to Devo my introduction to Devo sorry to interrupt you there my introduction to Devo was um, I remember it very distinctly because my, my, my friend um, Greg loves Neil Young it's one of his favourite artists uh-huh. um, and we, we both like Neil Young and I remember there's, there's a, a video uh, he showed me in his bedroom years and years ago I think it was on a PC um, or on YouTube maybe the early YouTube days of Devo and Neil Young performing together um, and it was just super weird like I couldn't get my head around what I was actually watching right. um, have you seen that or do you, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no I don't no it's, it's one to seek out actually um, I, I don't have much but you know sort of detail to tell you about okay. when it was or what it was but it, it was it was something I was like wow that, I didn't you know I knew of Devo and I knew of Neil Young obviously and I couldn't place the two together right, okay um, what well, I know a little bit about... Well, I can find a link if, if, you, if you want. Please, please do. <laughs> they had uh, two friends that were actually involved in the Ohio shootings. Uh, and you know how Neil Young had that song, Go Ohio, that was a kind of a response to that? Yes, great song. Yep, brilliant song. Um, but yeah, so so they actually conceived Devo as a kind of... They, they described it as a whacked-out, creative dada art response to the death of the 60s. So they kind of saw this incident as a kind of the death of the 60s mm-hmm. and they were trying to produce something that was kind of the 70s and thinking about what was what was going to happen next kind of thing so yeah. I don't know maybe, maybe they, they just always had an affinity with Neil Young because of that song and that, that moment I don't know yeah well he was always wanting to 
you know go to the boundaries and push things. It was, and, yeah. yeah he, he, even even up until recently, when he was trying to you know sell that really high quality MP3 player and things, he was he that still weird pyramid <laughs> yeah. Toblerone shit thing. Did anyone buy that? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> but yeah, even even at that stage, he was trying to push things forward. So um, so yeah, a great track. So um, will that play us out this week, Andrew? Yep. Go well, thanks it. thanks very much for listening, everybody, um, to our new music podcast this week, and we're going to play it with Devo. What's the track called? Uncontrollable Arch. Uncontrollable Arch.